Welcome to the house of infinite possibility, where all things are possible, if you can dream them. I was an easy child, always agreeable, never fussy. Growing up, I'm sure my parents must have thanked whatever god they served for birthing such an agreeable individual. When my parents said jump, I asked, how high? When they told me to stay quiet, I would ponder if I should be as quiet as a church mouse. I was nothing like my son. My son is a fussy, disagreeable menace. I know, I know, that sounds harsh to say of your own child, but when you haven't slept in 38 hours, what do you expect? You know, his mom hoped for a child who would not cause us pain, a child who would listen, a child who would fit neatly into our busy schedules. She hoped that having a baby would be as simple as ordering takeout. Now listen, sure, she was a bit naive, and I, being an eldest sibling, knew better. I tried to tell her, babies can ruin your life. But... She wanted one, and I obliged. I probably shouldn't have. I should have told her that no amount of new life will fill the hole in your heart. No wails or cries will fulfill the wishes of your childhood. Instead, I stayed silent and indulged her every wish. Now, we are stuck with this child who just won't shut up. This child who seems to think that 2 a.m. is an appropriate time to beg to be fed. This child who just won't be satiated by milk alone. Corey started out like most babies do. As soon as his mom popped him out, he was a siren. Good lungs, the doctor said. Silently, I agreed. He drank from his mother shortly after he was born, and that seemed to quiet him. One short hour later, and he was wailing again. I tried feeding him some of his mother's pumped milk, and that quieted him. Not for long, though, but long enough that Petunia and I could get a little bit of shut-eye. I informed her that it would most likely be like this for weeks. How many weeks, though, I did not know. She simply sighed and continued to try and rest while we still had the opportunity to, while the beast was still asleep. Weeks passed and I detected no change in Cory. He was still as hungry as ever. He rarely slept and seemed to spend most of his time wailing for milk. I did my best as his father to keep him fed, but it never seemed like enough. Petunia was exhausted, and I know this is pathetic, but I thought to myself, if his mother can't quiet him, how could I ever hope to? I didn't do the typical thing, though. I didn't stop trying. In fact, I tried harder. I spent most of my waking hours trying to tend to Cory, trying to make sure he was happy, trying to fulfill all his needs. Nothing seemed to work. It wasn't until Corey was two months old, though, that I noticed something was off with the boy.
By two months, most parents would have noticed some kind of growth in their children. They would have noticed more hair growing. They would have remembered having to trim their tiny little nails. They would have remembered how they could tell a little personality was forming within the tiny body that they'd come together to create. I noticed none of that. At first, I ignored this. I thought, you know, these thoughts have to be the thoughts of exhausted parents everywhere. But the more I pondered it, the more I realized that this wasn't just a normal thing. I browsed the internet and saw what I could swear were hundreds of parents posting photos of their two-month-olds side by side with their newborn pictures. They all looked drastically different. If I were to put a photo of Corey at two months and compare it to his newborn photo, they would look no different. He was the very same baby that Petunia gave birth to. No growth. No changes. I told Petunia what I was thinking and she looked at me as if I'd grown a second head. Have you lost it? She asked me. I told her that I hadn't, and if she wanted proof, we could measure him. I bet her that if we checked him, he would be exactly the same as he'd always been, as if nutrition made no difference. Petunia didn't take that bet. I took that as a sign that she'd noticed something off about Corey, too. We'd gone on like that for months. We did our best to follow the food schedule and tried to keep him as satisfied as possible, but he only seemed to be hungrier. Day in and day out he would wail, screaming as if he was being hurt. The sound was deafening. Somehow, Petunia and I managed to get at least three or four hours of sleep. It had gotten to the point where we'd let him scream a bit before we dragged ourselves out of bed to go and try to feed him. Then, the six-month mark came. Corey's pediatrician told us that we should introduce solids and meat into his diet. We started him off slowly. We fed him some vegetables and, sadly, noticed no difference. In fact... He seemed repulsed by the very sight of the things. He wailed and he cried, he cried and he wailed at the pureed veggies. At our wit's end, Petunia and I decided to give him the smallest taste of shredded chicken that we'd made for our enchiladas one night. That was the best night of sleep we'd had in six months. We woke up refreshed the next day, ready for whatever we had to face. What we saw in our crib the next morning shocked us to our core. Corey had grown a few teeth. Overnight! Not to mention that he'd gained some weight and height. Now, I am a pretty well-read guy, and I'd never heard or read of anything like this happening. Despite that, Petunia and I were elated. Corey seemed to progress to where his peers were. 
He finally looked like a six-month-old. His brown hair had grown long and his nails needed a good trimming. It was miraculous. Well, Petunia, being as health-conscious as she was, decided she still wanted to breastfeed him, so occasionally she would let him latch. I worried that now that he had teeth, that it would be a bad idea. I, thankfully, turned out to be wrong, at least for a few weeks. In between feedings, we would feed him a bit of chicken and he continued to grow. It was slow at first, but then he began to progress a bit quicker. One night, Petunia sat in the living room, doing her usual evening feeding with Cory, and I heard a blood-curdling scream. I ran towards the living room and saw Petunia bleeding. Cory's mouth was stained with blood. He bit me, she screamed. He bit me! Petunia ran off to take care of her wound, leaving Cory softly cooing on the couch. I picked him up and saw a slight glimmer of satisfaction in his eye. After that, Petunia swore off breastfeeding. He only gets the bottle from now on, she said. The night after the bite, Cory had a full set of teeth and hair. His legs were longer, and his personality began to shine through a bit. At that point, I could say what my son liked and what he didn't. I could pick him out of a row of babies and know that I wouldn't be wrong. Six more months flew by, and Cory had not grown any more since the bite. We hadn't given him any more meat either, just the usual baby food. His cries grew louder, more pronounced, more violent. So violent, in fact, that CPS came to do a welfare check at the behest of our neighbors. Luckily, everything checked out with them, but we had to do something. Petunia was at a loss, but the crying. The crying made me think thoughts that I don't think would have ever entered my brain had it not been for the 3 a.m. wailing. One night, as Petunia took a short nap next to me, I decided that I knew what Cory needed, what he craved. I knew what made him grow. I knew what it was that caused him to wail so much, and so I silently stepped out of bed and grabbed the tiniest sewing needle I could find and pricked Petunia's finger. The dark red blood came gushing forth, and I collected every last drop in the smallest sippy cup we had in the house. I didn't get much from her, but it was enough. Cory drank happily. The next morning, we didn't hear a peep from him. He'd slept through the night. When we woke up the next day, though, Petunia was stunned. He was standing in his crib, crying for food. She tried to feed him some baby food, but he only cried harder. He wailed so hard that day that we gave him a full chicken wing. While the wailing didn't completely stop, it was paused long enough for us to drift off blissfully and get a few hours of sleep. We woke up the next morning and Cory finally looked like an almost two-year-old. He now had a full set of teeth and was walking around. 
Petunia and I never had the chance to work with him on his walking skills. We missed his first steps. To this day, I don't know when he took them, but it's okay. Because that's my baby boy. My darling boy. I don't know quite exactly when it became my nightly routine, but I found myself filling up Cory's sippy cup with Petunia's blood every night. I wanted him to be a strong boy. I wanted him to grow with the others of his age. I desperately wanted him to be normal, and I would have done anything to make sure that happened. When Cory turned five, we realized he was still underdeveloped compared to the other children his age. Petunia wanted to take him to a doctor to see if there was perhaps some genetic disorder that had gone undiagnosed. I fought her on this. I knew the true reason why he wasn't growing. I understood what he needed, and I was afraid to give it to him. After all, that could mean the end of my wife. The end of my marriage. But Corey needed to grow. The chicken was no longer enough. At this point, it was just a band-aid, a patch to keep him agreeable. I wasn't sure how long that would last. Then the night came. We fed him everything we could think to, but he cried and cried. Nothing we gave him satiated him. He was being a little monster. Petunia and I had no choice but to try and ignore him. And eventually I slept. But I, I woke to a horrible pain in my hand. When I opened my eyes, I saw Petunia gently slicing off slivers of flesh from my fingers. It's for Cory, she said. It's for Cory. She said over and over and over again as she sliced into my hand, feeding the pieces to Cory's hungry mouth. He smiled with glee and he savored every bite. Petunia! How could you? I screamed, knowing full well how she could. After all, I'd planned the same thing for her. It's for Cory, she continued. It's for Cory. I wept as she continued slicing. My darling boy was finally getting what he needed. After five long years of virtual starvation. As she continued, I resigned myself to my fate. I would be what he needed. And in the end, isn't that what every parent wants? Join us next time as we uncover the house's next possibility.